monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan. Some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature, Joey G. Joining me is always the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. How are you, love? I'm so good. Are you? Better by the minute? Because we're going to talk about a movie that I quite liked. Yes. Yes, it is. But first, some pleasant pre-show banter. Tell me, Nicole, what did you make of the latest news? I don't watch news. Tell, tell, Tell me, Nicole, how about that ludicrous display last night? Oh my god, Joey, you're killing me, Smalls. Did you see that MJF and Kenny Omega had a freaking really good match on Col- No, we don't need to talk about wrestling every time. This is not a wrestling podcast, Joey. We should start a wrestling podcast. No, I don't want to do that. Find someone else to do that one with. Not me. I don't me. have any friends. Yes, you do. You're my only friend. You have lots of friends into wrestling. That's true. Me and my friends, we go back and we wrestle. <laughs> On, you put down the bed mattress. Absolutely. Riddle, wrestle your teddy bears. You get so cute. We wrestle our teddy bears. You did. The teddy bear is the referee. Anyway, we watched 1932's pre-code horror comedy directed by James Whale, based on the novel Benighted by J.B. Priestley, The Old Dark House. And this was my pick. Nicole, let's just list some of the luminaries who graced the screen in this film. We have the creature himself, Boris motherfucking Karloff. As Morgan. We have Melvin Douglas, who was, you know, he's fine. He was, I like like him in the He was so good. I loved him. Roger Penderell. We had Raymond Massey. As Philip Waverton. We have Gloria Stewart, who... As Margaret uh, Waverton. Yeah, well, you know who she was. She's the old lady from Titanic. (gasps) Yeah. It's been 80 years. That's her, man. That makes me so sad and happy. But for, forget her. We had the, one of the greatest actors of all time and the director of one of the greatest films of all time, Night of the Hunter, Charles Lawton. Oh, I forgot he did that movie. Husband of Elsa Lanchester, who was also in Bride of Frankenstein. She was the bride herself. Speaking of Bride of Frankenstein, we had Ernest Gra- Frederick Graham Thesiger playing Horace Femme, who was Dr. Pretorius in Bride of Frankenstein. You missed one. Yeah, because I didn't... No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, Lillian Bond. Oh, yeah. Also, Lillian Bond, who was, you know, a lady who was in this movie as well. She's also charming. She was great. But I wanted to talk about Eva Moore, who was the the old old lady lady in this movie, who was... Who's my idol now. She pretty much steals every second of this movie. Why wouldn't I grow up? I want to be her. You want to be the freaky old lady? I want to live in the old castle and be all cryptic and weird and creepy people and the boss. She's the boss of the house. She's the boss of the house. I am the boss of this house, if you think about it. Maybe I'll think about it. (laughs) Uh, If you think about it, though, this movie, Nicole, Mm. is basically uh, the same as the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Do you hear that? Yes, I hear you oh, pouring. Oh, I did not mean to pour that much. I'm going to pour some of that back. Yeah, I've heard that pour back into your stomach, maybe. No, into the bottle. <laughs> I just need a no funnel. One, no one is. Just drink your wine and shut up. We're doing a podcast. This it's movie. Too much wine. I'm going to die. Then don't drink it all. Can we go back to the podcast, please? But no, the problem is we don't have a funnel. 
the problem is I'm recording right now and we're doing a podcast and this movie is like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. How so? Well, we have our plucky heroes. They get they're driving in the middle of a heavy storm. They have to stop driving because Ooh. the car is broken down. They have to go up into this creepy old Wait, house. Stop. That is one of my favorite tropes in any horror thing ever. Is the rain, the car breaking down, the haunted, the going up to the castle. It's my favorite. Well, this is what it's from. This is where it started. Well, you said the back, you, you said it opposite. Well, I didn't think that this movie ripped off the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you lunatic. But you still said it opposite. I was just saying that this is clearly part of the inspiration. Like, this is the movie. And the other movie that I think that this movie... The other movie, I think, that has a huge debt to this movie Mm -hmm. is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. With, like, the kooky family? With the weird kooky family in this house that's more dangerous than they originally seem. So, yes, our heroes, Philip and Margaret, and their friend Roger are lost. They show up at the old house where they are asking for shelter from Horace and Rebecca. Um, Rebecca and Horace don't want them to stay because Morgan, their butler, who is very dangerous because he's a heavy drinker. I also like, nothing supernatural happens in this movie. It's just literally, like, there's a crazy guy and a drunk guy, and that is a recipe for disaster. But isn't that, like, the kind of... Boris Karloff, Karloff character like is, they say like don't let him drink he gets violent yeah because he's but that's not supernatural he's just a big drunk Welsh guy I've never been to Wales isn't there something to... else upstairs though yeah her dad the 102 year old but he's not supernatural he's just old and their brother who's crazy the, right. the, the uncle who is also dangerous so like it's a group of crazy people apparently the novel itself was originally well, and it's always oh. the film itself, but it was originally very much like a satire of the English class system Ooh. and like old families and all this kind of stuff I want to read the novel who wrote the novel well if you had been listening in the introduction oh. J.B. Priestley's novel Benighted I was not listening no I didn't think so and like it also it's also a very funny movie which is very much in keeping with James Whale like all of the James Whale Universal movies despite being horror movies are also very funny Bride of Frankenstein is very camp very funny um, The Invisible Man yeah. has a lot of funny stuff in it like it's a, they're funny movies yeah we both we laughed a lot during this movie it with had, it yeah, with yeah. it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I always forget that this time period still had humor. I don't know, for some <laughs> yeah. reason... People I f- didn't start being funny till the 1960s. <laughs> like, I feel like when I think about old black and white movies, I think of, like, stuffy kind yeah, of movies. Yeah, well, I mean, humor, you know, humor styles obviously change. But, like, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, every generation is basically the same, just with different clothes. But I also love how quickly we understand what each character's role is in this. Yeah. Like the um what's the other girl's name? Not the main not the, the, the one mistress. who shows up the one the woman who shows up with um Charles Lawton. Yeah, like right away you're yeah. like, oh she's kooky and kind of cute and crazy. And she's gonna end up with the other she very guy. quickly very falls quickly. in love. Okay, we should just start from the beginning. Well, we've, we're not going to start from the beginning, but we'll start. So, like I said, oh, they, they let them in. it's rainy night. <laughs> they let them come in to stay, warn them about how dangerous Morgan can be when he's drinking. And then during dinner, William, Sir William Porterhouse and his chorus girlfriend, Gladys Duquesne, show up. Also, there's a bunch of chatting. Um, Roger and Gladys go to get some whiskey out of the car, which was not a euphemism for fucking, believe it or not. They, but, like, bond and get to know each other, and they and fall, fall in love. deeply, and madly in love. Charles Lawton is the other best part of this movie. He's fantastic as this, like, rich uh, guy who's actually... 
he's not such a bad guy. He knows that she's not really into him, and he's fine with her going off with him, even though he puts up a bit of he a kind of just but... like has him. More, he likes to have her around more for companionship. Yeah, he's more bored than and lonely. Yeah, I don't remember if it's they just... said that he was like a widower or something, but he just was. Like, yeah, yeah, he's a widower, yeah. so he's just lonely. And there's, I, I think also there's a lot of. I may be reading into this, but I think that James Whale's movies often have a lot of like coded queer stuff in them and so i think charles lawton's character oh. is sort of pre, again this is pre-code i think he's sort of coded as being possibly gay that's an interesting take yeah. and makes sense for his character yeah, there's a lot of that in like I, I remember reading a whole thing about bride of frankenstein is just full of camp gay symbolism and stuff which is kinda oh cool. i want to yeah. read that where did you remember. read that i have to find the book i don't remember i read a lot of books nicole i'm very smart I want to be smart. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so anyway, things start to break bad when Morgan gets drunk, and then also they discover that uh, Roderick Femme, who's another part of the crazy family, is actually a crazed pyromaniac. Wait, they learn about him when um, uh, when Roger and Gladys... No, that's something else. Uh, William. No, Philip and Margaret. Fuck, there's too many characters. Philip and Margaret go into the room it's where they've really heard some not. voices, and then that's where they find the oldest guy, the 102-year-old man, the, the woman's father, who tells them about his eldest son, who's a crazed pyromaniac who they keep locked in a room. Uh, yeah. But then they also discover that Morgan has let Saul out because he's drunk and he's an idiot. And, uh, yeah. So there's this whole, there's, like, there's chase scenes, there's Morgan is trying to kill people because he's drunk and just really cross. And, uh, and the whole time there's like violent thunder and lightning yeah. and rain happening. Eventually the house gets set on fire. Um, and things break bad and uh, we all scatter. And this movie's over in 72 minutes and it's a, it's brisk. It's a hell of a good time, let me tell you. You could do a yeah. hell of a lot worse. This was remade also. I haven't watched the remake. But in 1963, a co-production of Hammer Studios and um, William Castle. William mm -hmm. Castle directed a remake in 63. And I like William Castle. He directed the original uh, House on Haunted Hill. Mm -hmm. And uh, The Tingler. Oh my god, I love The Tingler. Did we do The Tingler on this podcast? No, I've I just... never seen The Tingler. Vincent Price in The Tingler. It's about the scientist who discovers <laughs> this invisible parasite that is large and lives on your spine and like feeds on fear and the only way to kill it is by screaming oh it's really great that and sounds really freaky yeah but trust me it's, it's not, not. <laughs> um when you actually see the tingler it's this big rubber monster but william castle Practical was famous effects. for all of his gimmicks for every movie he was like in the house on the hill they had like skeletons swing down on like ropes and shit in the theater he'd always have these kind of they have like buzzers on the seats in this oh one my there's God, a scene in the movie it. where they go into a movie theater in the movie and vincent price has to like stop the movie and they stop the movie and it's basically vincent price is yelling at the theater you're in ladies and gentlemen the, th the tingler is loose in this very theater. We must scream. Scream for your lives. And so everyone in the theater starts screaming. And you're supposed to be screaming in the audience as Vincent oh Price is screaming. Gosh. Telling the audience to scream because the tingler is loose in this very auditorium. Okay, what? We have to do that. I'm amazed that I haven't shown you the tingler. I'm pretty sure I have it on a Blu-ray in one of those. In some, or If I don't, I should. Anyway, it's a great movie. I love the tingler. It's mm. really fun. Um, but that's a different movie altogether that came out a good you know, 30 plus years after this one. This is one I really don't want to reveal everything that happens, but it's not really a plot important movie. It's more just like it's a vibes Atmosphere, movie. It's a yeah, vibes movie. Yeah. 
It really is. And the old lady is just so entertaining. Remember watching her eat? Like, oh, yeah. All I the could, performances. I could just watch this old lady do anything. She is so entertaining well, you to can, watch. I feel like you can really tell that this is early on in talkie pictures. So, like, it's very stagey. So all yes, these people yeah. were obviously stage actors, like all of them, like for sure Charles Lawton and uh, even more and all of them, they were all stage actors and they have really big stage presences and the way they do things is very stagey and it's so entertaining. And I this. think I, when I was first, when you were first introducing me to like older films, I didn't like that because it was so different than yeah. I've only ever known modern movies. But especially for something like this, where it the works. premise is so big and theatrical, it just was so and great. It, it sticks with you. It's not trying to, like, be real in, in some of these yeah. things. It's just like, no, it's just trying to be, like, a really good story. And I think that the satire comes across better in that way, in that respect. Now, granted, a lot of the satire is probably lost on us because this movie is almost 100 years old and the things that they're satirizing in society aren't as... Jeez, 100 years old. Well, not quite. It's not, I know, but you know what you mean. close to it, yeah, you know. Um, but I will say the the look of it, the black and white oh, was Oh, the cinematography gorgeous. is great. The, what they do with shadows and play with shadows in this is really cool and the lighting, yeah. it's just really great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive fan. Oh, look at this. The film also served as an inspiration for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And what's Thunder... I don't know, another movie that I've never heard of. A pornographic black comedy horror. Hell yeah, let's watch this one, Nicole. <laughs> a fucking parody horror 70s, 70s porno. porno. Oh my Imagine god. Imagine the bush on that chick. Combining an old... <laughs> oh god, Nicole. Combining an old dark house mystery with hardcore sex scenes. <laughs> oh my god, this owns. The How story have I begins heard of this? during a thunderstorm. Yes. Stop yelling. How have I never heard of this? Who's in this movie? Why would I know any of these actors? They're all 1970s porn actors. You know what? Because of its graphic sex, including masturbation, heterosexual, heterosexual and homosexual, homosexual couplings. Yeah, I bet you it's two chicks. It's never two guys. The film is unavailable in many areas of the world, but we can get it. We can get it, Nicole. We've never done a porno on this podcast. <laughs> it's unusual. Apparently, uh, in terms of its intentional tastelessness, it can, can, it can, can be com- it can be compared to the films of John Waters. That's interesting. I'm going to hunt this movie down, and you Who's and I are going to watch Waters? it. You know who John I Waters know. is, you turd burglar. Oh my god, why is it almost? Why is it over two hours? Oh, I guess because there's probably lots of... I bet you there's like 20 minutes of plot and then lots of fucking. It seems like a lot of fucking. Well, I mean, it's not all at once. Not all at once. Like, they space it out, you know. Anyway, we're talking about this. pretty amazing for this one. Just I'm going to look saying. up this. I'm going to find a copy of this movie, and we're going to watch it together. All right. We've been married a long time. We've never watched a porno together. Ridiculous. Um, we have. Just, when? Oh. Not a movie. <laughs> seen, like, pornographic clips, like any red-blooded couple. You know, get the motors running, okay. you know? Okay, I feel like we've gone into territory we don't want to talk about on this podcast. You mean our dirty, dirty sex life? <laughs> Anyway, uh, you can do a hell of a lot worse than The Old Dark House. It's currently streaming on the Criterion channel, I assume for a little bit longer, although by the time this comes out at the end of November, it might be done. I don't know. Sometimes things come and go from the Criterion, and this seems to be the kind of thing that would be on for Halloween. But if it's not there, it's old enough. It's probably in the public domain. I think you can watch it on YouTube. You should watch it. Uh, I, I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is a great time. It's a great Halloween movie, um, so save it for next year's Halloween. But uh, yeah, I loved it. I, I love big him. time. I'm a big fan. Um, I want to read the novel now. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll see if I can find Be a copy knighted. of it. Yeah, I've never heard of J.D. Priestley. He's dead. He died in 1984. Wow. 
which isn't interesting, but he was born in 1894, and so 1984, he just, like, they switched two of the numbers. He is 100. No, he was 89. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't even... What? Ni- 1894, 1984. Yeah, isn't that 100 years? No! 1894, 1984. Oh, I see. Yeah. It was almost 100, yes. No! It's 89! That's almost 100. I mean, compared to 17, sure, but compared to 99, it isn't. Mm, it's close enough. Do you want to know what we're watching next month? Yes, I do. It's a surprise for all those who do not know it. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I do. Would you like to know? <laughs> yes! We are going to watch a 2023 movie again. <gasps> and it's not Japanese. What is it? 2023. Kenneth Branagh's, no guesses. Kenneth Branagh's A Haunting in Venice. Time to exercise a little gray cells, Nicole, for the Hercule Poirot. It's, it's the Poirot? newest Poirot film. Oh! It's a, it's a spooky good time. It's called A Haunting in Venice. It's about uh. murders at a seance. And it stars Hercule Poirot, who is probably the greatest there detective in the world. three new Poirot movies. This is the third Kenneth Branagh Poirot. Yes. I have not there have seen been the second dozens one. of Poirot movies. I know, but I haven't seen the second one yet. Wait, which the one, second, one is the second one? The second one? one is Death on the Nile, which is one of my favorite. The first was... Murder on the Orient Express. Death right, on the Nile is one. not as good as Murder on the Orient Express at all, but it is still quite fun. Is it all the same actor that plays Poirot? It's the same actor. Everyone else is different, but yeah. Poirot is still Poirot, yes. Did you like him as Poirot? I think he's, a, I think he's very different from the Poirot from the books, but he's excellent. I really enjoy him. Like, the best Poirot in film is David Suchet by about a million miles. He's He is Poirot. Like the original guy. No. The one from the TV series from, like, the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Yeah, I know which one you mean. The, he's very British, but yes. Very British. But he's Poirot. The little gray cells, I think, huh? But I've seen a lot of Poirot movies because I love them. Um, but, yeah. So I'm very much excited to watch A Haunting this in Venice. This might be, like, a dumb question. Are they based on books or is it just... They are. They're based on Agatha Christie's novels. Oh, this one is based cool. on a, a slightly less well-known one, later one called Halloween Party, I think. Ooh. Which I actually have not read that one. That's not one I haven't read. So this isn't a Christmas movie at all? No. I mean, it. it's a Christmas... It's our Christmas episode, but something about, like, British mysteries and British things seems very Christmassy to me. I guess. Like... I feel like in England, the Christmas ghost story was a big thing. Yeah, exactly. Thing. So uh, It doesn't have to be Christmas yeah, I, I was I, just asking. I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot that this episode will come out in December. <laughs> so maybe if we have time, we'll also watch a Christmas thing and we'll put out two episodes in December if we have time, which is pretty unlikely because I'm in a play and you are an, a working lady. Right. Don't say it like that. Well, not like that. Sound <laughs> I don't mean I like... I work in the arts. Nicole's starring in a remake of Thundercrack. <laughs> the arts mm-hmm. uh yeah nicole is is, is is a busy gadfly gal about town she's no you keep making it sound bad she's doing the good the good work putting on art shows i am putting on art shows and i am in a play i'm in a christmas production of chitty chitty bang working in the arts now if you live in calgary between the dates of november 24th and december 30th and would like to see a, a delightful cri- musical chitty chitty bang bang starring not starring featuring yours truly you can do that. Go to the website, storybooktheater.org, I think. You can and get, get your tickets today. I play Gorin, the spy. It, it, it's going to be fun. <laughs> but uh, that's enough of this. So go watch some good movies. And until next time, I am the creature, Joey G. And I'm the bride, Nicole. Y'all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> It's astounding.
Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Just a jump to the left.